Welcome to episode 12 of Whole Lot of Wolves. We're your hosts. I'm Joshua Buckley. And I'm Paul LePage. And returning once again is our friend from Tennessee Wolves, Justin Buznado. Justin, how's it going? Doing, guys. How are you doing? Hope you had a great uh, Thanksgiving. We could talk about the result to start off, but I think we probably have to start off with the big news, and that's Raul Jimenez's injury. All reports today were he fractured his skull. We don't know how bad. We do know he's conscious and getting treatment, but what was going through you guys' mind early in the game when Raul went down? It was just scary. The force of that impact, it was just scary. What happened to both guys? You saw the blood and all that kind of stuff of both guys being treated for so long, and the stretcher comes out when they start strapping him. They go to every precaution on that type of stuff, but it's any sport, to be honest with you, but especially here, just that was, I'll call it like an American football hit in a (laughs) In a football match, it was just a quick blow. It was tough to watch. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of comments about how the guys go on after that, and it really was a interesting few minutes after they started play back up and just feeling it out because I think everybody was just taken back a little bit. I don't know. You just knew straight away that it was serious, and mm-hmm. everything seemed to happen very quickly, and the cameras kept their distance. There wasn't any zooming in or there wasn't any replays of the incident. So when that happens you really do feel that it's bad. And then as that time extends, it it gets even worse. And then you're just thinking of that guy's poor family at home or watching overseas, what must be going through their mind. It's a bad accident of a very serious one as well. So regardless of what context it was in, be it a game of football or in the workplace or wherever, it, it was serious. And Obviously, we we just hope that everything goes in his favour in terms of recovery and that the treatment was prompt and everything goes as well as it can do moving forward for him. Yeah, and you do have to be concerned that could be a career-ending injury. Like I said, we don't know how bad that skull was fractured or really where. We have an idea based on the pictures on where he was hit but we don't know how big of a fracture it is what kind of damage it did to the actual brain hopefully this is not a career ender i do think and i said this on twitter wolves need to come out right now and say raul's done for the year okay done for the season just so there's no pressure from anywhere on the outside for raul to think he has to work his way back quickly just nope you're taking the rest of the season off now you got a good seven months until the summer. Mexico's going to want him back, obviously, if possible. So I think that would be the best route right now, just not to make him feel any pressure, because if time goes on, people are going to be like, oh, is Raul coming back? Is he coming back? Just no, he's not coming back this season. And just let's hope he's able to recover and come back and play next year. It's a sad, not sad, but it's down to our natural tendencies as fans that immediately we're thinking is he going to be out when's Mm -hmm. he coming back but Mm -hmm. then if you work with a guy at work who got a fractured skull on the shop floor you don't come in the next day and say when's he coming back you know it's it's exactly what josh says it's it's take take your time recuperate get well before anything else and and be comfortable we've got to do all of that for him because he's a young guy young family he needs all of our support as fans our positivity and yeah whatever decision is made regard to his short-term and long-term future then we've got his back and we've got the club's back regardless 
Yeah, it was nice to actually, I'm sure there's a lot of both ways, but I saw that on Twitter and other social media stuff that just the com- same comments, right? Let's stop the when will he conversation now. Like it's irrelevant. There are bigger yep. things. And if he's capable, his health is there, he'll come back. I'm sure he's going to want to continue playing if that's something he can do. So we'll get there when we get there thing. So yeah, it was nice to see those comments. I'm sure there's the inverse of that, but still it was nice to see. And, and to your point, it's just best wishes to him and his family that that his health is primary and then they can figure out the other stuff after. And then when we do put our fan hats back on, it's the time of year that would allow the club to make that type of decision as well, that we're a month away from the the transfer window opening again. We've got obviously a busy December up till that point, but we have got Fabio who's ready to go. So obviously we're light in terms of that central strike up until that time. But that being said, there is scope that if if our hand is forced come January, then that's the time when we're going to have to make that investment if we need to, based on Raoul's health. So if we look at it in in those terms, then we can be quite pragmatic about it moving forward through to the end of the season. Let's talk about the results of the game. And then, yeah, Paul, we'll circle back to ideas coming up in January. Obviously... 2-1 2-1 win over Arsenal. Man, that's a great result, all things considered. Just a fantastic performance the guys put on. Just really inspirational. Who was you guys' man of the match? Oh, man. I may go Pedro. He, I, I think a lot of people are probably going to pick that. He, he just continues to come with quality, and it seems like more and more this year. I saw a stat. I think he's he's had... He's like 10th in the league, I think, in opportunities presented. And it's crazy. Like, just that's fun to watch. He's real fun to watch, so that's who I'd go with. I think he absolutely, between him and Troy, mm-hmm. their fullbacks will be still having nightmares today, I think. <laughs> and what I liked about Neto was his goal was a little scrappy. That, that sounds funny, but he was in there at the right place at the right time. That's what I think that we want to see a little bit more as fans, is that we've now had that attacking intent. And it's placing more guys in the box to, to gobble up those chances where before it was maybe Raul was a little bit isolated or we got one guy coming on the, the back post and one centrally, but nothing more else. I'd have loved Dendonka to have scored because that would be the icing on his cake for his box-to-box midfield role that he can actually get up and support the attacker and get those opportunities. But for him to, in effect, create what to, an assist as what it turned out to be mm-hmm. I think that gives a, a pat on the back for him but yeah just having Neto there at the right time right place and same goes so for Pedence with his goal that he was in the right time to to take it up after the keeper saved it and fantastic bit of skill to lift it over the defender and slot it away we might be playing with one up front but really when opportunities present themselves like that it's two or three maybe, maybe four guys that are there that can get on the end of it yeah, at our meet at our meetup, Paul, we had Clive Hill there. He's always a, a treasure. And I said, Neto's really set the tone here. And he goes, you could say he set the Netone. And I was like, I'm stealing that. So from now on, Pedro sets the Netone. <laughs> but yeah, and, and Wolfman Jeff had another great thing on his Twitter account in his YouTube video that Pedro was running around like a little puppy, running out the front door. He's just got so much energy, and the team does feed off of that. And it's so much hustle, so much positive energy. This is why I do like the formation change, because Nuno finally said, I have to start 
Pedro. I have to start Adama. I have to stop Potence. How do I do that? What I gathered from yesterday's game, and I think we've seen flashes before, but for Podence, him really taking that number 10 or that 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 detached striking role. So I think that's a position where he could do a lot of damage. And some of his opportunities yesterday reminded me like his YouTube highlight reel when he was playing for Olympiacos in the Champions League. So it's getting that potence that I think we can see more in that num- number 10 role. I think there's a ton of positives there. To, yeah, to that point about Neto and his energy, I think he's fantastic. And then what he also brings is some versatility because he's coming in from the left. He can he can go down that left-hand side, but he can also cut in. And I think he can also craft a, a number nine role, maybe more of a, a false nine. But I wouldn't be surprised, especially given Raul's injury, if we see Neto start in that advanced position as well if Nuno's going to switch it up with Fabio a little bit. So, yeah, I think there's a ton of positives attacking-wise, for sure. It really was. I think, Pudence, to your point, I, he seems to get more confidence, I think, after each game. I, I just I, you see it growing. I don't know, maybe that's just me, but I, get, I feel like that's building. And then jumping, we, we talked about uh, Adama a little bit. His services were, were just... The one he got on that second goal, whereas he fell down, he put it forward. I I was cheering as that happened before the goal even happened, just the way he got it and let I was it was great. We talked about a couple weeks ago when I was on too, him getting his confidence back. And I think stuff like that is really just gonna get momentum for him. Especially now, obviously, with Raul and and how Nuno's gonna shape the club and and that formations and stuff. But it's it was nice to see him have some real positive pieces out of the match a couple times to contribute to the win. He's been brilliant the last two games, his mm-hmm. last two starts. He looks like he hasn't missed a beat. And like you said, man, that that pass, yeah, for the second goal. He shook two defenders, too, before <laughs> he did it and still got a perfect through pass falling down. I, I thought mean, he was going to go on one of his historic runs where he just yeah. weaves through everybody. Then he slipped and still somehow got that, yeah. that ball out. And, yeah. The three of them together, Neto, Podence, and Adama, they're so unique. And it's just tough for defenders to play against. You got the the giant bull on the outside. You got Potence, who's like a little gnat. And then Pedro, who will go, Wolfman Jeff, this shout out to you, the little puppy dog. It's so weird for defenders to play that. And especially if you're going to have them kind of switching sides at times, defenders are just going to get lost. That's the hope. <laughs> yeah, that is the hope. And I think yesterday as well, it's a huge testament to... Nuno setting up the team that it still had that defensive solidity about it and crucial to that was having Cody back. And I know it's only one game against an Arsenal team that certainly doesn't have the uh, panache of, of previous years. But for him to come in and slot seamlessly into a flat back four and, and not look out of place, thought he played well, made one fantastic clearance. I thought that brought the best out of Bolly as well, that you've got the real communicator back in, in the defence, the organiser. Again, back to Adama, I think that's more positives that he linked up well with Samedo. Mm-hmm. And that bodes well as well that you start worrying about you start worrying about Adama and sticking two guys on him, yet up pops Samedo and uh, on the right hand side and hitting the byline and suddenly you've got the overload there. So 
defensively was good. Marcel was solid. I was whispering that throughout the game that he's come in and looked really strong mm-hmm. uh, as a left back. That we were thinking at the start of the season, we we we're bringing in these players. Is uh, a left wing back or is he going to be a, a left centre back? And it could be that with what Nuno's looking at, that maybe Marcel and Tomato are actually signed as dedicated fullbacks. Forget about the wing backs, the attacking intent that Nuno's had this idea that he's got a four, two, three, one in mind moving forwards, and he needed upgrades in those positions because Doherty wasn't the best when it came to the defensive duties. He was he's an out and out right wing back, and obviously Johnny's injuries took him out from the left hand side. So did he need to bring in players that are more defensively minded? because he had this idea that he was going to switch to a 4-2-3-1. So, yeah, I, I mentioned previously that it could be that we saw yesterday that was plan B, which suddenly becomes plan A now moving forward. And the previous plan A of, of five at the back, we did see, and it was due to wishing to shut up shop and back his team, back the defensive qualities of the side to shut out Arsenal and prevent them from getting an equalising goal. Yeah, is that plan B moving forward, that we've got that defensive solidity? And that's how he sees it moving forward, because what stood out for me in his post-match interview was not being predictable. And you definitely can't say the Wolves are predictable anymore. Yeah, not at all. That's testament to him, the coaching, the players that he's got at his disposal. And, and yeah, the, the uniqueness of that forward three with so many options. Yeah, we, we yeah, <laughs> we're thinking about all the potential opportunities and excitement. It must be very troubling and worrying for 19 of the Premier League managers <laughs> to wonder what Wolves team's going to put out this week and who they're going to be up against. So exciting times. If that leads to to more goals in that first half, I'll take it. I mean, <laughs> historically, we're, that's not our strong suit. And to get two in that first, it was real nice. So if that mix it up and what we're going to roll with today works, I, you know, let's do it. So it's nice to play with the lead. Yeah, plus they can still go with that back five like they did in uh, late in the second half to hold on to a victory. I agree. I, I think it's an interesting point, Paul, that you're wondering if Nuno, if this has been the plan all along, because just on the surface, it's like he had to do it because of Cody being out and then said, well, I'll try it one game. But I know you were saying that Sunday and then hearing in today that you think that was part of the master plan, which I think that's an interesting take there. And it could be correct. He's he's done it previously. I think at Valencia was more of a four flat back four base of the side and then that flexibility going forward. So I don't think the the formation is alien to him in, in, in any way. And we keep on talking about this gradual progression that we've seen over Ned Nuno's tenure to date. And could this be the next step that takes us to the next level? Is this the one that moves us up from finishing seventh to finishing fifth or fourth to really take us to that next level and and if it is it's down to the formation the tactics and the players that he's got at his disposal so yeah yeah, who knows it could be some interesting few months ahead for sure and now we have to turn the attention to the 42 million dollar kid 
he looked promising when he came in, especially considering the situation. Ah, man, we were we thought he was going to get a goal there in that second half. It looked like just he was so close a couple times. Do you guys think he's ready to take over Raul's role? It's going to be tough from a leadership perspective, and I think that's why having a couple other guys on the team that have been around for a few years, and because you you know Raul leads out there, he's going to have to grow into that, and he's not there yet. But I, I think we're seeing in the minutes that he's getting or has gotten so far that the skills there, there's a reason they went after him. And, and Nuno, I think, if nothing else, he likes to give players the opportunity to become a part of the system and, and to really learn. He holds off on on putting guys in immediately in some circumstances and really pushes harder for them to grow within the team and in the club. And I think that's happening here. And I think if this is just going to accelerate that, hopefully for the better, but the minutes he's probably going to start getting here sooner are really going to drive that. So it's shows what you got. I'm excited about it. I, I don't like the circumstance that it's happening by any means. I'm excited to get him out there and, and let him start going. Likewise, I think there was a ton of positives yesterday and it actually makes me excited for Sunday's game that potentially he gets a, a crack at the champions at famous stadium of Anfield and yeah given the circumstances are, are terrible at least the team can be buoyed that they came away with a victory and they can go into the next game regardless of who the opponents are that he's got nothing to fear now he's absolutely got nothing to fear he can go out and he can play his natural game and he can enjoy it and I'm excited. I could see him scoring at Anfield. I really can. Yeah. And it'd be like a, a coming out party. And suddenly we've got this kid on our hands who's the real deal. And, and we see it at the home of the champions, hopefully, you know, that in, in an ideal world. But to that fact, we've we got to rein it in a little that he's 18 still relatively inexperienced that given his age and his development his minutes will have to be closely monitored as well because if we're putting all of this on on his shoulders then there's a lot of games coming up in a compacted period of time and we've got to be mindful of that as well so yeah th th there's positives but we can't get super excited but at the same time <laughs> i'm excited to see what he's got and now who's going to be his backup I know January's coming up soon, so we can look at it then. But until then, I saw somebody that was like, pull Catrone back from from loan. Yeah, over Nuno's dead body. What do we do? That's, I think, a particular role that forward has got in a Nuno's Wolves team that is specific and particular and that probably Fabio was scouted with those qualities in mind. So... You'd think there may be contingency for having something like this happen, that we're a few weeks away from the transfer window opening, that hopefully there's some plans in place that someone can come in. But it, it's a tricky time because it's hard to hit the ground running in, in January. I think off the top of my head, the only real signings we've made in previous seasons have been Podence, who he took probably till after the break yeah. last season to come in. So maybe there's a journeyman out there that we can pick up for a modest fee or ideally a loan that can come in and maybe content with a place on the bench to start with that can help out there. I've got no idea who, who that would be at this point, but it, that obviously there'll be a definite need. I don't think there's a, an out and out centre forward really in the role that we we have in the first team 
in the under 23s even so it's not as if they can stick another kid on the bench and hope for the best yeah I think they'll be busy in the scouting department putting some targets together I I agree with you that I feel like the January target needs to be a loan preferably a short-term loan with maybe an option to buy depending on who it is because nobody's going to want to come in January and just have Raul come back next season. Okay, then you're looking at they're going to be third on the depth chart. You're not going to get anybody good there. But if you get an older journey saying and say, hey, come in six months, then we'll evaluate, see where Raul's at, if he's going to be able to come back and then work from there. But at the very least, that guy would get some opportunities. I think it was mooted today. Someone mentioned it on Twitter. I think I saw it. I don't see the mileage in it, but it would be the type of player in the mould of an Olivier Giroud that is mid, getting on for mid-30s now, but needs to play. Obviously, the pedigree's there, and he hasn't got those cobwebs to brush away, but are you gonna, yeah, you're going to get that type of player on what's effectively a, a six-month six month deal, really. It's tough. And you yeah. could look at somebody in the championship that's at the bottom of the table. Maybe they're just looking to shed some salary here the last six months of the year. Okay, we'll take them out on loan. It's a good point. Now let's hear from Ryan Gray in this week's Coach's Corner where he talks about how the new shape could help Wolves in the future. With a change of formation, with us playing with four at the back, it's obviously made us a little bit more attacking going forward and obviously allowing us to now get Neto, Podence and Traore in the team, which before it was two of the three. But now it's making us a little bit more attacking now with us having that four-prong attack with, obviously, when Jimenez gets back from his injury. But with those three players in behind that are interchangeable in that 10 role, all three of them have were coming centrally throughout the game and changing which side they were on and stuff. So that's going to be threatening for any team that we come against with, with that three in behind whoever plays up front whether it, it it's obviously going to be silver for a while now but uh I, I think with that with us playing with a four at the back now it's leaving obviously Cody and Bolly are those two central players and it's still allowing Samedo and Martial at this point was playing left back but it might be Aitnori when he comes in but they are still allowed to bomb forward and with us having those two central defenders now we're not as exposed if we lose the ball because we've obviously got the two holding midfield players in front and we've got the two centre-backs that are there as well. We're a little bit narrower than what we were before. I don't think you're going to see as many raking passes from Cody as as we did with the three at the back. I think that will now come from whoever's in that central midfield role between Neves or Matinho. Their donkers not necessarily want to spray the passes around, but I actually think that those long-raking passes out wide now will come from Neves instead. You'll still see it from Cody, but just not as much. But the tactical switch, the tactical change is obviously making us a little bit more attacking and it's obviously getting that three attacking players in behind with Troy Neto and Podence. I think that's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting going forward. And I actually think with the change of formation, with Jimenez being out for the foreseeable future with this injury, I don't think we're gonna struggle as much as we would if we were playing three at the back. 
for goals because I think out of those three we're going to get goals and and if Silva does anything like he was he did against Arsenal I think we're going to be okay I I thought he held the ball up really well and again he's just a young kid so he's going to improve every single game so yeah I think the tactical change is is going to be good for us especially in the attacking sense and even defensively I think we're going to be a little bit more solid with those two holding players in midfield and we kind of when we're attacking, it's more of a two, four, three, one. When we're attacking without with our full backs, then pushing up to help with midfield. So, Josh, did you like your Thanksgiving pies last week? NBC rocks, man. My Premier League morning, just a, a great surprise, getting a nice Thanksgiving uh, pumpkin pie from them. And then two meat pies, which I actually had tonight. My wife and I each had half of one for, for dinner. So they had the the meat and potato and then the steak and ale. So I had half of each one and just tremendous and loved it. Thank you, my Premier League morning. We enjoy watching the broadcast, and it was nice to see a lot of fans on Twitter that enjoyed it. How about you? I did. I really enjoyed going back to the good old days of eating a traditional football pie just out of my hands and getting crumbs everywhere, and (laughs) that's the way it's supposed to be eaten. But I think I might have heard a little bit of controversy at the Houston Wolves meet up yesterday about the quality of the pumpkin pie, which, Josh, I'm back in your history and heritage as, as the American in the room, and I'm with you. I think the pie was on point. Oh, it was one of the best pumpkin pies I've had. I don't know what the extra spice was, but, yeah, we served it for my family here, and they were all like, this is a good pumpkin pie. So, yeah, Clive doesn't know what he's talking about sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> We got a big game coming up on Sunday, so let's listen to what the opposition has to say. Joining us right now is Ian Veery. He's part of Houston's official Liverpool Supporters Club. How's it going, Ian? I'm doing well. Good to see you guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you. We appreciate it. So, obviously, last year, really special season, what you guys were able to accomplish. How do you think this season's gone so far, especially given all the COVID restrictions and the fact that you guys have lost some key members of the starting 11. Yeah, I mean, after the sort of the euphoria of the last like 18 months with the Champions League, the Club World Cup, and then the Premier League, finally, after 30 long, tortuous years, I thought we were on, on track at the start of the season to to almost repeat by Christmas, we'd have it sewn up. That's how it looked at the start. And then we just lost players. The Van Dyke injury was horrendous. The one that's actually a little bit more worrying for me is Alcantara because it didn't look that much of a challenge, but he is still on the sideline. And Klopp's saying, oh, yes, it's a worse injury when Richarlson took him out. So I think if he was back, I'd be more confident about the next few games, to be honest, because our back four, the exception of Robbo, is like he's just like pulling almost like anybody in he can to try and get a back four because Martin can't stay upright, unfortunately. So <laughs> we're definitely struggling a little bit there. And with Milner going down this last weekend with a hamstring as well, I think that's a huge loss. 
We often ask the opposition fan, Ian, about danger men at this point, but there's already one that we're acutely familiar with. To some Wolves fans, it's a little like asking a mutual friend how an ex is doing after you've stalked him on Instagram, globetrotting across Europe with a rich, attractive new partner. So I'll go ahead and ask, what have you made of Diogo Jota so far? Oh my goodness, what a signing. It's, it's really interesting because there was the Werner thing all summer and um, the Klopp loved him and he wanted to come to Liverpool. He want, I want to come and play for Klopp and all that. And then it was like 45 million. And it was really interesting because I like, oh, no, we're not going to buy Werner. And then like two weeks later, but we spent 41 on Diogo. But what a signing he has been. He has just slotted in. And having watched Werner play more in the Premier League now and, of course, watching Diogo last year with Wolves and then already what he's doing for Liverpool, much better fit in the way Liverpool play, I think. And he's just doing so well and he's fitted into the system so well. And he's already making those little runs and little feints that you would think he'd been there for seasons. So that's really good to see. Definitely glad he's going to be in red this weekend, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys have another European game sandwiched right here in the middle of the week. How do you think with that, how you're going to line up and what other danger men to worry about besides Jada? The interesting thing is after we like went out against Atalanta last week, the Ajax game on Tuesday now is almost a must win for us because that group has got quite tight. We'd have already qualified. If we'd have been Atalanta last week, I think this week would have been almost a dead rubber. But we've definitely got a turn up. And I hope Shakiri can play a little bit. I've read that he may be he may be featuring a little bit because he always turns up and he does a really good job for us. But we've got Firmino, Mane and Salah still fit, thank goodness. But the midfield is looking a bit patchy and the back for sure is definitely a, a concern, I think, because Ajax, I think, are a, are a very good team and they just come at you and won't let you rest. And I think... That's going to be a tough game, and it's really going to be then who's standing upright for, for Sunday because we're getting very thin. And I, I disagree with Jurgen a little bit with his attack on the Sheffield United manager Wilder, but the rest of the things he said in that post-match, I completely agree with. It's that we had a very short pre-season because of COVID, and then we're playing games every three days to get everything in before the Euros, because the Euros are kicking off in June next year as well. So the whole season, and of course, we're just throwing the FA Cup in. We got through against Aston Villa, so we've got all that to contend with as well. It's just insane, and that. I think the five subs, even the championship are doing that. The championship and all the other divisions are still five subs, but the Premier League won't bring it in. And I think it's definitely hampering, definitely hampering Liverpool for sure. So do you feel like if you guys have a tough game against Ajax, that back four is going to be susceptible to giving up some big plays on Sunday? Having watched Wolves play this year, I've been... I've always liked Wolves. Funnily enough, when I grew up in England, our primary school colours when we played football was Wolves colours. So I always have a bit of a soft spot for Wolves. And it's so I always try and watch their games. And they've not looked for me this season as deadly as they did last season in a lot of their games. And they seem to be a lot more cautious in the way they're playing, which is really interesting because... Espirito Santo never usually sets up like that, but he certainly does seem to be. And with Jimenez missing as well, it's going to be interesting. I guess that means um, Traore will probably start, and he usually, but he's been a bit hit and miss this season as well. Is there doubts over Alisson? I saw this afternoon as he picked up a 
potentially COVID diagnosis or? Oh, goodness me, I hope not. <laughs> I haven't seen that, actually, and I usually have my fingers on the pulse there for the injury news because I'm watching it like hourly just to see who's fell over in training. But, oh, my goodness, that would be a disaster if we lose in Allison because Adrian started so well for us, but the last few games he's played for us, I think he's got a little bit less assured. And for a goalkeeper plus, when you haven't got Van Dyke and Gomez in front of you, it's definitely for him a little bit more of a worry, I think. He, he looks a little bit more nervous back there as Allison, let alone if Adrian comes in against Ajax and potentially Wolves. But no, I haven't heard that. So uh, goodness me, I'll be on the net immediately after. <laughs> <laughs> I might just be scaremongering. So, yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But Ian, as we look to wrap this segment up, at this stage of the season, 10 games in, are you looking at the likes of Spurs and Chelsea now being genuine title rivals along with Man City? And does it need to be an EPL win for you guys or lifting that Champions League trophy for it to be a success for you this season? I think the bar's been set. I think since... Klopp came in, he's he's set the bar very high and he's ticked off all the boxes so far. It's an interesting year. I think Spurs right now are playing well under Jose. He's got them playing well. They defend well, but Jose teams always do, but they're hitting teams on the counter-attack, which is very un-Jose-like, which is good to see. But Son, for me, is a Liverpool player in a Spurs shirt. I mean, he should absolutely be in red. He's that kind of player. But Chelsea also put a lot of players together at the beginning of the season and it started off a little bit soupy. We took them apart pretty easily in the game we played against them early in the season, but they're a different proposition now and they're settling in and I think Frank's starting to understand pretty much what his good starting lineup is. But they're in Europe as well. They've got games midweek of Spurs and Spurs are playing on Thursdays as well, which is definitely difficult. I know when Liverpool were in the Europa League, that Thursday, Sunday is difficult, especially if you're travelling. And then Man City are an interesting team for me as well because they're really up and down. They can look like Man City one season and look like Exeter City the next week. It's just incredible the way they're playing at the moment. And they won against Burnley 5-0, but they did look good in that game. So it's going to be an interesting season. It's really compressed at the top right now as well. There's three points separate the top five. I think it is after today's games where Leicester lost at home to uh, Fulham, which was a surprise. And um, West Ham beating Aston Villa and jumping up there as well. So I've looked across all the European leagues. I think that COVID has definitely influenced it. And no fans in the stadium has made a massive difference, I think, to the way teams play. And the results. Who would have seen Liverpool getting thrashed by Aston Villa 7-2? It's just, there's just been some crazy results. Leicester beat Man City 5-2 earlier in the season as well. You look at these results and I, it was interesting what Jose said at the weekend, though. I liked what he said. He said, in the other leagues, he said, you can go through and you can pick out games. Yeah, three points, three points, three points, three points. He said, in the Premier League, you can't do that in any game. And I think that's what makes the Premier League so awesome. I'd love to see us win it again back to back. I think we should, but we have had such massive injuries. If we do well in the Champions League, disappointment last year. Again, I think he gets a pass this year, Jürgen, to be honest, with what's happened with the team and all of that. We'll see. But right now, I think any one of the top six, but I don't think anyone's going to pull away like Liverpool did last year. I think it's going to be fighting probably down towards the end of the season. And we'll, we'll see what happens. Without Van Dijk and 
Gomez, I think we definitely are going to struggle a lot more defensively than we did last year, but but we'll see. Do you think there's potentially any reinforcements coming in January time? I know there's a there's a certain Liverpool fan that we know pretty well who's doing a pretty sterling job at centre back for both club and country. I wonder if there'll be any more bids coming from Anfield for a Wolves player. There could well be. There could well be. And you know what? I love Cody as well. He's an ex-Red as well. I watch the Wolves games and I like to watch him play, especially as he played for Liverpool. He would be ideal. When he played in that back three for England as well, Maguire shouldn't even be considered for England for me With when you play a back three with Cody in the middle. He just policed that game so well. And he, he's great for Wolves. So we'll see. I don't know if they'll be able to prize him away, but we definitely need somebody. Getting rid of Lovegren was the right decision at the time, I think. To, but now it's really been like, whoa, that may come back to bite us. But if you look at Liverpool Wolves, I don't think Wolves have beaten us since 2010 when Hodgson was our manager and then everybody was beating us that year. So uh, a couple of FA Cup wins, but in the league, it's been pretty solid Reds, I think. But this weekend, all bets are off. I think it could go either way, to be totally honest. There's something that the Wolves want you to know. I guess the first question here is, what formation are they going to run? <laughs> I think that is the question, right? <laughs> I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him go back to a five-man back line again for this game. I, I just don't know. And I think that's part of Nuno's master plan now. I was going to say to the point earlier, I think that maybe that's part of it. I think if he really does start with the five, we know that. I think that's it really is to mix it up and, and present and then adjust maybe to the flow of the game or how, how the game's going. Yeah, I, I'm, I may lean towards that. I may think he starts with the five just to kick off there, especially in Anfield. So, I don't know. Instinctively, after the game ended yesterday in Raul's situation, I was thinking it would make more sense to be somewhat cautious heading into Anfield and, and reverting to that tried and trusted formation, especially given their potent forward line. But reflection the, the day after the game and watching the highlights and getting excited about it again I wouldn't be surprised to see Silver start and him, him go for it and just attack them for, from the outset and, and see how it goes I think they're potentially vulnerable defensively obviously with the players that they've got missing I think there's opportunity to get at them which we've never had the real opportunity to do before. And I think if, if Allison is out based on illness, COVID or, or whatever, Adrian's got a clanger in him. He's a walking mistake every other game. So if we attack and put the pressure on him, get a few shots raining on their goal, then yeah, I think we could take the game to them in, in an attacking formation and be quite dangerous. Yeah, I think as another for sure starter, just because he seems to give Liverpool nightmares. I still wouldn't be shocked to see a 3-4-3, three, three, but yeah, it could be, hey, let's go with the the four two three one in the first half, see where we're at, and then adjust from there. I don't think there's a wrong answer against a team like Liverpool, where what do you have to lose? Do you think maybe he comes out more aggressive just to ride that momentum from this past? And I want to say momentum tentatively, momentum on the win. I don't know. I guess there's two ways to look at it. He can try and ride that momentum, 
or if they feel like Liverpool's fitness is going to be a little rough in the second half, then maybe play a little more conservative and then go for the attack in the second half when they're worn down from all these Champions League's games. That's why I said I wouldn't be surprised with <laughs> any of them. Yeah, <laughs> it's, if, if he, it's a good point, though. If he goes that route, I could see him holding off on Troy till second half, something like that, to let him really burn some people. Yeah, and then get some opportunities too. So please go either way. Fire him out of the cannon, and exactly, yeah. (laughs) I guess back line though, looking the same. Probably Marcel again at either left wing back or left back. I think so. Regardless of the current quality of the opponents, he's certainly shone enough for me. A tricky place to go to at the Emirates, and I think he's a good fit at the moment to give that flexibility. If it is a 5-3-2 or a flat back four, that he, he can be in either and play well accordingly. So I think he, he gets the start. The interesting one for me would be how Moutinho had such a good game against Arsenal, whether that dynamic shifts and does he need a rest and, and Neves come in. And it, it's asking a lot. We, we talk about those two guys, but it's asking a lot of Dendonka week in, week out, that he's the, the legs in the midfield that's getting up and down the pitch. He's putting the miles in. That Will he need a break, especially with a, a busy festive period coming up, that there's some rotation there as well. And that may go somewhat into shape and formations again that you could go back we we dismissed it earlier on in the season that we might not see Moutinho never start again as a two but maybe we do again that Neves has, takes a more reserved role at an opponent like Liverpool and Moutinho has a little bit more license further up the field I don't think he'll put the the long busting runs in to get on the end of crosses like Dendonka might but if it's a game where we have to be a little bit more defensive, those two guys can do it and we can still have that flat back four and those two and then the attacking intent in front of them. So options, man, it's brilliant. Who'd have thought? It was a nice problem to have. (laughs) All right, so predictions. I want to hear final score and I want to hear if Diogo scores. Man, I know I have two ones stuck in my head. I just don't know which way it's going to go. I'll be good. I'll say us. I say we get a win there. We come off high. But, yeah, I got to get the one. Uh, probably something early. And they take the lead and we, some, we we battle back on it for maybe the next 70, something like that. And, and we end up getting a win out of there. That's what I'll say. <laughs> I'm weirdly confident, which makes no sense. And <laughs> having weird confidence and such an appalling record at predictions means that I'm forcing myself not to predict a win, but I'm going for a 2-2 tie in that Jota will score, but we've got some attacking attempt and we've got some momentum. And by all means, I'd give me a tie now, give me a point to Anfield this stage in the season. I'm, I'm taking it, so I'm going to. I was thinking 2-1 as well, except I was thinking Liverpool until we, we had our guest on, Mr. Ian Veery. And that kind of made me switch my mind. He's very concerned about the back line. He said that for the Champions League, they're going to have to go full out against Ajax to win that group. So now I'm going to switch it. I'm going to say 2-1 Wolves. Yeah, I think I'm going to say Jada ties it up in like the 70th minute. And then Wolves finally get a little bit 
of magic at the end and a stoppage time goal from, you know what? Let's do it. Fabio. <laughs> <laughs> no Let's pressure. Kid. Yeah. No pressure. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to throw out an over under on VAR decisions between Liverpool this year, us last year, there's, there's going to be a VAR situation in this match. I feel well, like. You think? How many times VAR consulted? I'd say over under one and a half. I'd take the over on that. I'd say at least two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got that whole controversy about it always favoring the big teams as well, potentially. But yeah, a, a Liverpool are getting a raw deal this year. Who knows? Everyone's on the wrong end of it, I feel, at the moment. It's a sad state of affairs that we're worried about a piece of technology getting in the way and ruining the game that we enjoy so much. So I just wish the thing would go away. But hey-ho. I tell you what, every time I look up a Man U score, it's like PK, Bruno Fernandez in the eighth minute. What? <laughs> and again, <laughs> that's what gets me so much about Troy's booking yesterday. And I'll oh say booking totally loosely because that was a fault we've had all these tiki-taki penalties given that the ball goes away yet the the challenge comes in and it, it it's just trod on his foot or it's just the system out of contact and when you see the still of the guy treading on Troy's foot he's got eyes firmly on the ball He's not looking for it. He's not ahead of the challenge and leaving a leg in. He's perfectly in motion. He's got his eyes on the ball. There was no reason for him to go down. It knocked his momentum, and that's what grounded it. And based on that, it didn't look the clearest of challenges or, yeah, the referee saw that it was a dive, but he, he got his balance screwed up because someone trod on his foot and why that wasn't looked at and if they're getting the stupid lines out and looking for millimeters <laughs> on offsides, get your zoom out and zoom in and look where that dude's foot was because it was planted firmly square on Troyore. So yeah. That and Adama me. doesn't need to dive. He can usually keep his balance on stuff like that. That's that was my point too. Yeah, yeah. that's where I was my thought. Venezuela, las indicaciones de Dudamel, roba Hurtado y a correr, se va el tanque Hurtado. Hurtado. So I just want to mention a fundraiser from back in the UK that we may be able to make a sole contribution to here in America. I picked this up off Twitter from a Wolves fan called George Rinaldi, who was doing some custom prints of some famous Wolves goals. They're very modern in design, very visually appealing. I made a special request of one that he's done, which was Alex Ray's goal in the second leg of the, the playoff semi-final that took us to the Millennium Stadium. That looks great. And the reason he's doing it is that proceeds are going to go to the fund set up for a prominent Wolves fan called Claire Elliott. And she's needing these funds to help with a private treatment to try and overcome a terminal cancer diagnosis so it's generated a lot of exposure back in the west midlands due to the particular obstacles that claire's facing so this is one way that we can help i will share it out through our whole lot of wall social media channels it's already on our twitter as a pinned tweet so basically, if you are US based and you want to check out what these prints look like and, and you want one, then let us know which one and the size 
and we'll then look to do a big bulk order for delivery over here to America and then that will keep the overseas shipping costs down and we'll then look to distribute them domestically from this country so do check out those links on social media that we'll share I'll also put an extra note in the show notes with the links and everything that you can follow this week and if you want to be involved pick up a one of these great prints and then you can get in touch and we'll sort it out from that way did we have a no stupid question this week there is no stupid questions justin <laughs> do you have a no stupid question <laughs> <laughs> well will we ever wear our third kit yeah. <laughs> our, our second kit I yes guess. I this know. week yes this oh, week are we, are we this week yes yeah oh, okay yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was on. It, I think Tim Spires had, had mentioned it on a previous podcast, and okay. you'll start to see it now that they've got this match week over with. When the EPL put out over here the next set of fixtures, they put the corresponding kits as well. So, got it. You should be. You should be able to spot it. Paul, social shoutouts. Yeah, this is the part of the show where if you get in touch with your name and where you are listening to us from, we'll broadcast it across the podcast waves. You can do this on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash whole lot of walls and Twitter, which we are at WLW pod. Or if you prefer, you can simply send us an email to hello at whole lot of walls.com two guys to do it this week firstly we've got trevor rayleigh who is repping the walls really hard out there in la so hi to trevor and our good friend wolfman jeff he's been back in touch he wanted to say hi to us from alabama and a special one this week he (laughs) told me personally is my dad listening back in sedgley west midlands so hi to eddie listening back home Hi, Eddie. Hello. I'm my mom as well. My mom listens as well. So hi, mom. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> so finally, as we're bringing the show to a close, Justin, can you remind the listeners if they live nearby or are visiting Tennessee, how they can get in touch with you? Yeah, much appreciated. We've had some reach outs for being on here before. So thank you guys. Awesome. Much appreciated. Uh, so T-E-N-Wolves at gmail.com. That'll find me and I'll get back with you the same day and and we'll start chatting up some more. Thanks, guys. Cool. Listeners, thanks for your continued support. If you are tuning in for the first time, please subscribe. Share it with a friend who may be getting into soccer for the first time and discovering an EPL team. Also, give us a five-star review on your podcast listening platform of choice. This helps us massively to push a whole lot of walls out there and to be the number one exclusive fans podcast in america so we'll be back next week to talk everything from anfield and preview the first local derby of the season that's now on the horizon so look after each other out there up the walls and to extend good wishes to raul we'll close out the show with his song from the wolfpack howlers thanks their generosity and allowing us to use their music and wishing all our good thoughts and prayers and everything to Raoul and his family as he recovers.